Simple Life Together, Episode 4, Benefits to Organizing and Having Less, and some weird-sounding simplicities tools that just might help you out. Welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Well, welcome back to Simple Life Together. On our last show, we talked about why some people are having trouble letting go of their clutter. Um, And we also talked about some strategies for online backup and a little bit about Dropbox, which I loved. Yeah, you. uh, we actually have been using Dropbox. uh, Well, we use it all the time. Yeah, but but uh, I actually have to use it in a different way that I haven't used it recently, which is I was able to listen to our podcast, you know, because we're going through editing and and Dan wanted me to review it and listen to it. Um, But I was traveling from a client and I was like, well, he says, open up your Dropbox. It's in there. And it's awesome because it syncs to our mobile devices. And I was able to listen to it on the way home from work yesterday. Good stuff. Love it. Good stuff. Good tips, babe. Well, today we have a few more life simplifying topics for you and some great takeaways that uh, you can start using today to make your life a little bit easier. As always, we'll have links in the show notes to additional information or resources where you can find more info on the subject. And you can always find the show notes for each episode at simplelifetogether.com slash the episode number. So I guess we'll move into the old topic segment. Uh, Why don't you introduce the first topic, Vanessa? So like I said, benefits to organizing and having less. You know, in the last episode, I talked about why we can't let go of our clutter. So I thought it would be smart if I did a (laughs) follow-up to why that's such an issue and why really having less and being organized can be very beneficial to your life. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Cool. I'm just going to jump right into it. So here's one of the, I think probably the most obvious reasons for um, having less and being organized is that you'll save money because it's pretty simple. Less stuff equals less money you'll have to spend and you're and it also means less debt and that you'll be better able to handle financial times, tough financial times. Yeah. So um, obviously that's the first thing. Um, and what I mean by this too is that when you're organized, because I'm talking about being organized and having less. I kind of, I'm talking about two different things um, in the same topic really. Because right. uh, being organized really, let's think about in your closet. If you have your clothes kind of disorganized, like you might have some pairs of pants in, in a dresser drawer or on one clothing rod, or maybe you have another pair of pants on the top of the shelf in the closet. Uh, when you're going to get dressed and, and, and trying to figure out what you need, you realize, well, I don't have any, I don't have a pair of black slacks. When the reality is you probably have about two or three or four. If they you were just, just you all, just can't orga- find them. you can't yeah. find them because they're not organized. Yeah. And so then you're going to waste money buying clothes, you know, for that last minute briefing that you have to give a presentation to, to look appropriate. Yeah. So that's just an example. I also think that when you're organized, um, you know, when you go out to, well, this is actually, I'm going to bring up an example of us. When okay. Dan and I first started dating and we were married early in our marriage, uh, I didn't really have a meal plan or we didn't have a meal plan. It was just kind of like, a, okay, what are you hungry for? What do you want? Well, I'm so tired. At the end of the day, we just ended up going out to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and when we really sat down and looked at our, our bills for food, wow, going out to eat was, I mean, almost double than what we were spending at home. And it was ridiculous. So... So anyway, we decided to do a meal plan and we cut down dramatically on our grocery or on our food bills, really, the restaurant bills. So, so that's what I mean by when you're organized and, um, and then having less, just, you know, if you have less things to manage, you're going to save money. Yeah, you know what you have and you can plan. Exactly. Okay. So another benefit to having less is that you'll have more usable space in your home. You'll be able to 
utilize, you know, the desktops in your home, the countertops, and even your dinner table. You'll be surprised at how many clients that I work with and that folks can't eat at their dinner table because it's it, that flat surface has become a place to just pile. That's pile. amazing, isn't it? Yeah, they just pile, 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 you know. I guess it happens. Yeah, it does. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate, but I just try to convince my clients, hey, if you just let go of some of the stuff, you'll actually be able to have conversation, uh, a place to eat, first of all, and you'll actually be able to build, you know, family connection. Yeah. I, I wonder how many people actually can park their car in their garage, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, we were victim to that, too, at yes, one point. <laughs> I know, I know. So, anyhow, so, yes, you'll have more usable space in your home. Um, as a matter of fact, do you remember, Dan, when we had that one room that was solely dedicated as the junk room in the yeah. house? Well, yeah, that was kind of a transition point. It may have lasted two years, but <laughs> but, but it was a transition point, right? I'm looking at my so transition. That was my fault. <laughs> But yeah, that was my fault. Take was, the hit on that one. There was a lot of stuff in there, and thankfully, you know, we only had uh, you know one child at the time. And, yeah. But that is now our daughter's room. So. And I was, and, and, and I remember you were like, "Are you going to take care of this?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I, I just got to plan some time and do it." And then one day you just started. That was it. That was it. You got to take action, right? Yeah, yeah it took the bull by the horns. <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. Yeah. Okay. Another benefit to having less um, and to being organized is you'll help avoid analysis paralysis, which I talked about in the last episode. So it's just the whole idea here is that when you have too much to choose from, whether it's too many toys or things to eat or whatnot, you just end up, you, you can't decide what you want. And it's just frustrating. You end up wasting time sometimes with that. Right. I mean, I recall one time when... You know, we had just had our daughter, um, she was about a year old, and I just wanted to get a smaller stroller <laughs> for our car. And I literally spent three hours, probably even more, trying to decide on what the perfect umbrella stroller was for Boy, her. That's time well spent. That huh? was awesome. And I remember thinking, <laughs> what the heck did I spend all that time doing? And I ended up getting a, a stroller that really wasn't all that great, <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you, but it was so frustrating because... I just kept getting wrapped into that whole consumer mindset of, well, this is only $10 more, but I get X, Y, and Z function on right. here, you know? But you did sell the old one on Craigslist, I didn't did. You? I did. I do that a lot. <laughs> so It wasn't well, a total waste. I guess not. Well, thanks. Thanks for looking at the bright side, babe. Sure. I appreciate that. Well, there's less to clean and maintain. That's another benefit. Uh, did you know that the average home, three-bedroom home, has about 350,000 items in it? That's amazing. That yeah. is a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. I mean, we're talking little. Who counted that? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody with no life. I'm sure there's some scientific equation or thing that they yeah. figured out, but but that's that's crazy. I mean, if you think about it, 350 thousand items, and we want more. Yeah. Um, but you know, all those items, those little knickknacks, they require dusting. Uh, too many clothes and linens require a lot of laundering. Uh, too many toys require storage and putting them away, time to clean up. And, you know, I used to have a lot of plants in the house, and that yes, took time did. to water and take care of them and repot them and whatever. It was and getting just, somebody to watch them when we went out of town. Yeah, and, for gone for a long time, I need somebody to water. It was just, it's you know, it just there's just way too much time it takes to clean and maintain some of these things. Yeah. So, um, you know. And yards, too. Yards. Uh, Yards. <laughs> I want a big yard. I have a love-hate relationship with yards. I mean, I, I can appreciate a beautiful, well-maintained yard, yeah. which has been my passion. I do like to landscape and everything, but I've gotten to the point where it's really, I don't enjoy it very much because it becomes a big time suck, you right. know? And then just recently, 
our yard was overgrown with a lot of dandelions and uh, very frustrating because those grow a lot faster than the grass does. Yeah, imagine that. So the yard looks unmaintained and then the HOA gets upset with you. (laughs) So you've got to make sure you get out there. I actually spent about 10 hours along with my husband's ex-wife. She spent two hours with me. That's a different story for different. (laughs) Yes, we're we're all friends. We're all friends. It's great. But um, I spent 10 hours weeding the yard. Wow. But it's kind of therapeutic for you. Yeah, again, looking at the bright side of things. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, yeah, forget American Pickers on the History Channel. I should be like American Weed Picker. There you go. The there you go. Hey, <laughs> A&E, are you listening? I got it down. Yeah. <laughs> so another benefit is that you can invite guests over without hesitation. Don't you think it's awesome that, you know, if we have, if we want guests over, Dana and I, if we want guests over yep. at the last minute, it takes us maybe 10 or 15 minutes to just kind of straighten up. Yep. To just a reasonable state, you know. It's sure, not, yeah, it's, it's, it's really not any effort at all. And that's because we build routines every morning and every night to to clean and pick up. You know, before the kids go to school, they have to get their rooms kind of squared away and beds are made and things are put, you know, dishes put in the sink. Well, or for a teenager, he just closes the door. Well, yeah. That's cool. Okay. That's all good. <laughs> we were all, all there. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> but... But, you know, we just have these routines that help maintain the clutter. And part of that, too, is that we have a home for everything. Right. You know, so that makes it easier to, to kind of pick up real quick. Yeah. Um, another benefit is that you'll be more productive. When you when you have these routines and you know what must get done, mm-hmm. you know, like the chores and things like that, if you have set times to get that done, then you know exactly when those open times are. So that you can focus on your other priorities and your want-to-dos instead right. of your must-haves. Because it's so frustrating when at the last minute you realize, oh, i got to go grocery shopping. And so you... Yeah, so you're, now, not, you're not constantly playing catch-up. Right. And that's really it. And then so then you're bumping another priority just to get this one thing done. And, yeah. it ju- and then it just spirals. And then you're just in a state of chaos. So by being organized, um, you'll be more productive. You'll also have better concentration. You know, when you see piles and piles of papers and heaps of laundry or the sinks are, the sink is full of dishes, it's just like it's a constant reminder of, oh, I got to get this done. I got to, and then you end up beating yourself up over it. But if you start to take control and start to, you know, to kind of concentrate on those areas, you'll be better able to concentrate on other priorities in the house. It helps when you have dedicated areas to certain things too. Like, uh, like when we used to, before we had the office in the back, we, um. And we, you know, we kind of worked at the dining room oh, table yes. or whatever. And, and, uh, and that's always tough because you yeah. got to clean up and it, yeah, you know, messy. you want to have a nice home, but yet that's the first thing you see is our dining table and then it's just cluttered. Yeah. And so it's just, I hear people say, but I operate in chaos. I have a hard time believing that because when I work with folks like that, they really can't operate in the chaos. They actually, they feel they, they claim that they have all this comfort with their things and all this mess and that they can find things. And that might be true, yeah. but when they go to find that other thing from a year ago that's stashed under this stash of paper, then that's frustrating because they don't know exactly where to find it. Right. They forget. They might know what the most recent thing is, but they have trouble finding other stuff. And I realized this when I was in high or in college. My sister and I roomed together, and she and I both, we would go through this power session of cleaning the house before we had to study for finals or big exams because we could not concentrate when there was a big mess. And so, and I just found that when there's, when the place is clean, I'm better able to just focus and concentrate and not have those nagging things looking over at me like, you got to put the dishes away or whatnot. So, wow. okay. So you'll also save time by being better organized 
the average person wastes about 55 minutes per day searching for things like keys, files, tools, clothes. 55. You know, I, I absolutely believe that. Yeah. Because you're searching for, even when you're online, you think about the time that you're online, you're trying to search yeah. for that one. Oh, I remember I saw that one product. I just don't remember exactly where it was. If you had ever known, you might remember what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we've talked about that in past episodes too. So, so anyhow, you'll have, you'll save, you'll save time by being organized because like I alluded to earlier, when you have this concept of a place for everything and everything in its place, you'll be able to find certain things yeah. a lot faster. Um, another benefit is you'll have a sense of control because control equals confidence and confidence equals a nicer you. Yes, it does. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> I certainly do. You know, when you know where things are and when your important tasks need to get done, that to me creates a great sense of confidence. Right. Like when you ask you're in me, control. yeah, you really, you feel like you're in control, you know, and it's the same thing with your children. If they have a routine of knowing where things are, um, they, you know, I'll just say, Jordan, go get your, your toy. You want to take that to the store with you? Or you want to take that to grandma and grandpa's? She knows exactly where to get it. Yeah, and it's, there's confidence in that. Or when you're organized at home, as far as your routines, when your children know what to expect and what's expected of them, there's confidence in that. Yep. They just, they have a role. They know what the responsibilities are. And it just overall is a lot more peaceful. Yeah, it's, it's comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Um, another benefit is that you'll have less guilt. Really? Yeah, I, you know. I could, I, I could use less guilt. I was raised Catholic. I could <laughs> See, yeah, exactly. I mean, when you... I don't know about you, Dan, but when you go shopping or we, you know, we look at, we get tempted by a new gadget or I get tempted by, Ooh, that really cool looking uh, scarf or something. The new Um, thing. The new thing. I, I feel guilty when I actually buy it when I know that I probably don't need it. And so. I'm going to talk about the new thing in a little while. Are you? Yeah, I am. Well, great. That's perfect then. I just think that it's way more empowering when you can say no to things, you know, to those buying those, to those impulse impulses of buying things and not bringing more in stuff into your home. I, to me, it's just more empowering when you can say, no, I don't really need that. Yeah. It kind I, of that ties in with that. You feel you have a better sense of control thing. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So. Um, you'll feel more joy and more content in your life. Um, I think when you're striving for more and waiting for the day that you'll strike it rich, that, that really kind of will deplete your joy that you could be experiencing every day. Yeah. You know, um, you'll never be content if you're always comparing or striving for more and collecting things. You know, it's always, uh, what's the next best thing or what's the next thing I can collect? And, and, and then unless instead of if you have enough, then there's contentment, right? Yeah. Last night they had the big um, – we're recording this in uh, November of 2012, the end of November. And uh, they just had this like the biggest Powerball lotto in history, like over uh, oh, over half yeah. a billion dollars. And, and I said this morning, I was like, I feel so – Sorry for those people who win. God help them because... You have to worry about so much more. No kidding. You got to worry about... Well, for, I, I think really the most important thing besides worrying about your kid's safety and everything by having too much is now you have to look at everybody that you deal with and wonder if their motive is your money or if they really like you for who you are. Yeah. So right. anyway, I, I don't want to get too deep into that, but... But you're absolutely a, right. We both looked at each other and said, I, I don't want that. Right. I certain I certainly don't want that. I'm all for some financial security, but I'm all about just having enough. Yeah. I mean, that's to me that's huge, you know. So, anyway, I just got a couple more reasons that um, you know, or benefits to being organized and having less. You'll have more time and better relationships. 
Um, when you have more time to spend with your family, with your spouse, or with your friends, um, you're going to build onto that joy and contentment in your life as well. And so being organized is going to allow you to be able to schedule time with your family and friends and to really build relationships. And I think probably one of the hardest things in relationships, one of the biggest struggles or when there's strife in a marriage or whatnot or mm-hmm. is, is financial issues. Oh, without a doubt. That to me probably causes, is probably one of the number one reasons, is the number one reason, I think, of, of a lot of stress when it comes to families. Right. It's just, you know, who's spending what and, and how are we spending our money and or we don't have enough. Or we, to me, if, if you guys can, you know, work together, like Dan and I continue to do on this kind of stuff, you, you're able to better have a better relationship, I think. Yeah, and it's it, it takes a while. That's for sure. Oh yeah, it's and it, it's a process. Yeah, it's, all this whole thing is a process. You know, to simplify your life. And I think another benefit here is that you'll have a feeling of calm and peace of mind. Not saying that that your entire life is going to be everything in your area of your life is going right. to be peaceful and calm. Because that's that's not much of a life. It's not. You gotta you know? have a little excitement, you know? <laughs> right? You know, but but overall, you know, I was just working with a client yesterday, helping her at her office, and she, you know, she was talking. I was working with a with a colleague of mine, and she was asking us, "You guys must have such peace of mind in your home because it has to be so organized." And I said, "Well, you know, we're not perfect, but we do have peace of we do have a great sense of of peace, especially when we come home." Because there could be chaos at work in other areas of her life. But for us, to me, when we have, you know, when you have a pretty organized schedule and you have set systems in your home, and I don't mean systems to be so strict and crazy, but when you just, when your family operates well together with these routines, it really does create a sense of calm. You know, we walk into our door, the house is pretty well maintained, things are in its place, the kids know when we're going to get dinner, you know, sometimes it's not perfect, sometimes it's later than usual or... We might just get, say, okay, you know what? We are going to go out to dinner tonight. But there's just, it really is a great sense of peace. I know, you know, the kids know they're going to have clean clothes. They're going to have a, you know, clean beds to sleep in. And I know that walking into our bedroom at night, it's nice to have that bed that's nicely made and peaceful. And there's not toys everywhere. Because we honestly, we just don't allow a lot of, that is our sanctuary. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that is, that's mommy and papa's room. And they're welcome in there and everything to hang out. But, um, you know, it doesn't get cluttered because that is where we have our peace. That's right. So, That's right. So anyhow, now if those benefits don't convince you or motivate you to get organized or to have less, think about this. It's better than sex. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I know you said right. this is a family show. It's a family show. Come on, woman. <laughs> um, according to a New York Times article in 2001, I'm quoting a uh, survey here. IKEA did a survey of customers in which 31% reported they were more satisfied after clearing out their closets than they were after sex. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I bet the closets took longer, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised there aren't more clutter-free closets out there. <laughs> so so those are just a few. Um, That's or, interesting. I guess, yep. is it? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Way to go, Ikea. Well, you know, you can imagine the look on the, the um, these ladies' faces when I quoted that to them. <laughs> I was <laughs> speaking to a group of retired officers' wives here in, uh, in San Antonio. And, uh, you know, they're, they're ranged in ages, but they're mostly retirees and uh, a few elderly 
ladies out there. But when I said that, boy, they lit up and they were laughing and smiling. <laughs> so, um, so anyhow, those are just some reasons um, that I think are some probably some motivating reasons to get organized and to have less. Yeah. So what do you think, Dan? I think, you know, I honestly, I see myself in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I think everybody will. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I do know that one thing that you talked about early on about uh, you'll save money because you know where the things are. Everything's yes. in its place. And, uh, man, I've done that with tools a couple of times. I know that's my Achilles heel. I do a mm-hmm. lot of DIY projects and stuff. And and um, that is that is one area where, you know, I don't have like a, a workspace set up. So yeah. things are thrown in a tool bag or in a tool in a bin, but they're not organized like I would love them. And, yeah, you can't find the, you know, your that one specific widget. specific screw or, yeah, yeah. that... Exactly, yeah. that one tool. And so you end up going out there going, oh, and then so, discovering later that you have it. So, so good stuff. Yeah, yeah, so I'm just curious, you know, you know, after listening to these benefits, I'm, you know, I am curious to the folks out there that are listening, do you think there's merit to what I've talked about today? And do you think that living with less can be less stressful and more joyous? You know, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I'd that'll be interesting. And we'll tell you how you can get a hold of us towards the end of the show. Yeah, so, so that's it for me. Dan, I am curious to listen to what you have to talk well, about today. Well, I got... A- just before I start, I got a little bit of a cold going on here, so hopefully I don't have to cough too much during this yeah, thing. So if I do, in yeah. the background, yeah, I'm like putting, shoving a sweater down my throat to try and not. It's pick running it up through the whole my... family. I'm the <laughs> right. last one to get hit, and it's not hit me too hard, so that's good. So, well, I'm going to talk about some some tools. I guess you could. I don't know if you want to call them theories, techniques, whatever, um, but things that you can help you uh, that can help you with simplicity. And, um, and I guess just understanding some realities when it comes to productivity and simplicity and all of these are, you know, dead guy tools, you know, yes, you know, smart guys who they're dead now and people talk about them because it makes them look smart. So (laughs) I'm going to do that too. And, um, well, I think you're pretty smart, but I don't want you to die, babe. (laughs) But it's kind of like, kind of like, uh, you know, in speeches, everybody gives a dead guy quote. So, uh, (laughs) oh, wow. He's quoting so-and-so. He must really be smart. So specifically, we're going to talk about Occam's Razor, Parkinson's Law, and the Pareto Principle. And uh, some of these may be new to you. It's some of them you probably heard about before. But uh, but I guess we'll start off with uh, Occam's Razor, and uh, that is uh, the, the it goes like this: of two equivalent theories or explanations, all other things being equal, the simpler one is to be preferred. So. You know, and it's not a hard and fast rule. It doesn't mean that that's it's right every time, but it's a lot like the it's the the obverse or the reverse of the of the keep it simple, stupid, the kiss method. Oh, yeah. So it's it's usually to explain things. Why did things happen? Like um, sometimes you ask a kid, where did that where did all the cookies go? And they're like, well, um, an alien came in and. <laughs> And they were on a spaceship, and they give this whole, you know, the kids are terrible at it. And you're, you're I think playing, I am too. Yeah, I think I've done that with you yeah, before. Uh, yeah. So you're pulling out old Occam's razor. I'll tell you who he is in a second, but you're pulling out old Occam's razor, and you're like, uh uh-uh. uh. You know, I'm thinking that maybe the chocolate on your fingers has something to do, to do with it. <laughs> you know, so you can, uh, well, let me tell you a little bit about Occam. So uh, he, he was a, a Benedictine monk. He, uh, his name was William and he lived in Ockham, England. So William of Ockham, you know, like, I guess I would 
would be called Daniel of Lakeview. And so, you know, if I lived back in the day, but, uh, uh, was that Buffalo? Yeah. It's outside Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Daniel of outside Buffalo, a suburb <laughs> called Lakeview. Yes. That long name. But, um, uh, it'd be Vanessa of Cherry Point. Oh, <laughs> so, so William or Bill, he, he wasn't the first person who came up with the idea behind the razor, but it was widely, he was widely known for it because, uh, he kept professing its benefits. So, and it's called a razor because it, you know, essentially it slices through all the superfluous stuff. And, uh, so it's not always the, it's not always 100% accurate, but a lot of times it's the simplest explanation is probably what happened. Hmm. So, uh, and I'll put a link to the show notes. There's, there's a, a gentleman out there who did a really good post on his blog about this and I'll put that out on the, uh, I'll put that in the show notes, a link to that. Uh, the biggest takeaway here is try to develop the simplest solutions to problems and challenges. Like I said, it's a lot like the KISS method to keep processes, workflows and recipes, you name it, just try to keep it simple and it helps you to be able to replicate successes. So if you boil it down to where you can replicate successes, then you're going to have some effective habits. Hmm. All right. Next. I'm just trying to think of how some of the processes that we have created you know, I know with like with recipes and stuff that we've yeah. just decided to, you know, we do a couple different things, but I've just try to do everything now, not just recipes, but just keep things simple as far yeah. as books that we bring into the home. It's, now it's yeah. just, e-books. it's all eBooks. Yeah. It's just, just keep it simple, keep it all digital um, or things that we can, as far as document sharing and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, we, we like programs where we can, we have mobile access and that it syncs across. Right. Well, you know, it's even, even some of the things we read, like, uh, uh, we follow, well, at least I do a follow blog called the minimalist baker. Yes. And uh-huh. you know, it has minimal ingredients and all that. And, and if you can get the same outcome from it and keeping it minimal and matter of fact, Tim Ferriss's new book, the four hour chef is a lot about that. It's hacking. It's, it's a, it's actually a book about how to learn things. But he does that by by learning to be a chef because he, he couldn't cook before. So, and it's how to how to hack that and how to make it easier. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a that's a a, a good example. Oh, there. I know. I've, I'm constantly working on that now. I mean, as an you know, as a professional organizer, but you know, in my own life and with clients, I'm always, what's the best use of my time and energy? Right. Or with my clients, what's the best use of my time and your money? <laughs> so, right. But you well, know, and so a lot of times we cut out things that really aren't important. We try to simplify processes all the time. Right. I don't want because if it's going to be difficult, they're not going to want to do it, and then they're right back to square one. Well, the next two things I'm going to talk about will help with that. Okay. And the next one is how you can understand some realities. It's things that it's just the way they are. And it's called Parkinson's law, which states that work expands. So as to fill the time available for its completion. Mm -hmm. So you're in school and the teacher or the professor says you have one month to accomplish this task. Well, when do you usually do it? <laughs> Probably in a month. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the month, right? I it was yeah. just called chronic procrastination. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, but, but it's just like, well, I have plenty of time to do it. So yeah. that's how long it's going to take. And now the cool thing about this law is um, there's been a lot of offshoots from it. And I'll talk about a lot of those. Okay. And um, this guy, his name was C. Northcote Parkinson. So Northcote. Northcote, yes. Um, probably Cot, Northcote Parkinson. I don't know. But um, he's a British naval hist- – he was a British – dead guy, of course. A British naval historian and <laughs> authored some 60 books. And uh, and the Parkinson's Law book was a famous one and uh, was the most famous one. He kind of got into um, 
became an, a scholar of uh, public administration and wrote a lot of satire material about uh, government bureaucracy. So mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff, since we both have a, a background in dealing with in with and in bureaucracies, we know that it can, this is how it can absolutely be true. So it's like I said, it sparked a lot of um, related rules, theories, corollaries, and generalizations. And um, every one of these, I'm sure, will bring, will ring true. Storage requirements will increase to meet storage capacity. Right. So buy that bigger house so you have more room. And what happens? It gets filled immediately because then they're right. like, oh, well, we have all the space. We got to fill it with furniture. Right. So people with big houses with lots of clutter say, well, I'll get a storage unit. Yeah. And then they fill the storage unit and then their house is empty for a short period of time. But what happens to the house? It fills back it fills up. back up. You know what's crazy about the storage units is that I read. It's one of the fastest growing industries. It is. It's the fastest growing industry. And here's the deal is that, you know, family sizes have shrunk. Mm -hmm. House sizes have increased uh, since at least the 50s. Yeah. And and one in 11 Americans, and I can't remember the date of this, maybe a couple years old, the stats, has a storage unit. Yeah. It's amazing to me. Yeah. It's like, so we have bigger places, smaller families, but we still need storage. It's insane. I blame Parkinson. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> no, he's just the guy who know, you know, he just but, acknowledged that and, there's an issue. <laughs> and we, um, uh, well, heck this one kind of fits in with, oh, I talked about computer backup, but data expands to fill the space available for storage. I mean, now we have a, right. like each one of us have a one terabyte backup hard drive. Right. Right. Could you imagine that 10 years ago? Mm. I mean, that's mm. amazing. That's insane. Yeah. So, uh, but so you're saying that we would feel that we just because we have all the storage now, we feel compelled to save everything. Well, use that storage, the, it, but the it data also, storage? it also not, not that you just feel compelled, but it's just a natural, it's just natural that it'll happen, you know, where, mm. um, you buy, um, when you bought the storage, it may have been fine and it, they may have been in proportion, I guess we could say, but then you get a new camera that takes, oh, takes bigger pictures, okay. it needs more data. Right. So it's not necessarily negative. It's right. just kind of. This is kind it's of how things are. Kind of the reality. Okay. And, but it's something that you have to understand and conceptualize. Mm. So the next one is work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. That's pretty much the same thing as what uh, Parkinson said. Well, heck, it's exactly what he said. But expenditures rise to meet income. How many times have you gotten a raise and say, well, I'm just going to live within my means? And, no, and it, it doesn't happen. Doesn't you happen. don't really set aside the savings yep. or anything like that. You so. end up in a bigger car with a bigger payment. So if you're conscious of this, maybe you can say, you know, take it out of my, do payroll deduction, take it out of my pay. So I get the same pay. It automatically goes to right. savings or planning for the future, what have you. Which is what we've done recently. All right. The amount of time one has to perform the task is the amount of time it will take to complete the task. Uh-huh. That's a lot like the original <laughs> statement. Yeah. You know, this, now I'm looking back going, aha, uh-huh, that's probably why my bosses <laughs> would speed up the process to get a task. Because yeah. they probably knew that yep. if, if we take a month, you know, if, you, if I give them a month, it's going to take a month. But if yep. I shorten that task in that suspense state to two weeks, then the heat is on and they're going to get it done. And this is one that I personally call the homework corollary to Parkinson's law. <laughs> All right. It's actually called the Stock Sanford corollary. It says, if you Jeez. wait until the last minute to do something... It only takes a minute. Yep. So there you go. To procreate. That's a teenager's <laughs> homework corollary. So if you wait until the last minute, that only takes a minute. Oh, jeez. So, so the, really the big takeaway here is realize that, uh, that things change. All right. And, and you have to be able to plan for it and be ready for the, 
you know, it's just a natural expansion of things. And Mm -hmm. so I guess one way to say it is uh, realize that the status quo can quickly turn into the status (laughs) woe. That big house. (laughs) Yeah, you you get that big house to get all the extra space and then you watch it fill up. So that's that's Parkinson's law. So the status quo can quickly turn into the status woe. Okay, I like it. like that one? I do. And so the next one that we're going to talk about is you mentioned that, um, you know, what, what you can do to get the, uh, you know, the really desired outcome. How can you simplify something to get the really, to to your desired outcome? And this one kind of uh, plays into that a little bit. It's called the Pareto principle. All right. Uh, Or some people have heard of it called the 80, 20 rule. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was an Italian economist, Vilfredo Pareto and in 1906, he discovered or actually observed that 80% of the land in Italy was owned by 20% of the population. And he did a, did a study, you know, almost worldwide where it seemed like that fit generally almost everywhere in developed nations and even undeveloped nations. And then uh, he also noticed that uh, it kept, you know, showing up in different places. He observed that 20% of the pea pods in his garden produced 80% of the peas. Huh. And again, it kept the same 80-20 split kept revealing itself and led old Vili to determine that generally 80% of the effects come from 20% of the causes. Just like the dogs barking in the background, <laughs> the 20%, 20% <laughs> 80% of the cause noise. 80% of my editing. Here. Yeah. So we'll, just, we'll just put up with that. We're out in the office. It's a beautiful day. We had the doors open. So, uh, I apologize so, for the, the barking dogs. Yeah, but... somebody's barking dogs. It's going to get... 20% of my foot up 20, 80% of his butt. So, um, but anyway, uh, so another way to think about, uh, this is 80% of the results come from 20% of the effort. So you were talking about how to simplify things and finding those 20% that actually have 80% of the income. And so, you know, looking at it from like an organization standpoint, do you keep 20% of the things that you used almost every day in logical places to maximize your efficiency? That's a good question. That's one that I ask my clients all the time. Yeah. So what do you use every day? And we end up discovering that they have in the most odd places and not consolidated. And, right. And so we try to work with them. Yeah. You know, I, I have a, I did a post on, uh, on uh, simplelifetogether.com that talks about specifically the, the Pareto principle, the 80-20 yeah. rule. Mm-hmm. And one of the, I think it's in that one. And one of the things that I asked was, uh, do you think it's a coincidence that in a cockpit of an airplane that – all the dials are right there where the pilot can reach him. That's not a coincidence. <laughs> right. It's not like, let's shove them all up there. It's because those are the things that he, that he or she needs <laughs> yeah. to fly the plane exactly. safely. Right. You right. know? So that's why they're there. And, uh, and your, your house, your, your desk is no different. You should, you should be able to get all those things. That's right. So anyway, uh, looking at it from a productivity standpoint, you need to think in, in systems. Look at the vital few tasks that you do that have the biggest impact. Do you have a system in place for like your to-do list, paying bills, buying groceries, filing important documents, which you talk about all the time, Oh yeah. and uh, home and vehicle maintenance? It's those 20% of the things that can have 80% of the impact mm-hmm. and do have those systematized. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to look at things, though. I mean, when you're thinking about just, you know, when you're looking at either your productivity, time management, what are you really, what is causing you like the most grief? And usually it's going to be just, maybe it's just 20% of these tasks are causing 80% of your grief. Yeah. But if you eliminate those tasks, then, you right. know, recently I had to do this with, with Dan. I was, see, I have a tendency to make a lot of to-do lists and <laughs> most of them are self-imposed in these tasks. And I said, you know, I'm just I'm feeling a little stressed today. And he's like, well, let's look at 
why you're stressed. And I showed him up there. And as I'm talking to him, I'm going, yeah, I'm going to just take that one off the list. Yeah. I'm going to take that. Yeah. Those are causing me stress. They're not in the big scheme of things. They're not the most important things I need to be worrying about or right they're, now. They're certainly not going to stay on that list for the short term until they're done. You know, yeah. like build the dream home shouldn't be on your, shouldn't be on the whiteboard. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, is it, is it's it, very stressful. No is it something you want to do? Yeah, of course. But is it, you know, is, disclaimer, it, it really yeah. wasn't on there. Yeah, should it rank <laughs> above pick up eggs at the grocery store? Probably not. You know, right. no wonder I was stressed. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So, uh, but you know, another thing, just, um, think about, uh, think about the clothes in your closet. I mean, yeah. You probably only, I heck, I know I wear only 20% of my probably clothes. Probably only 10%. Yeah. I have like, yeah, my, my favorite t-shirt or my favorite shirts are the, that like 10 long sleeve black t-shirts that I have. That's it. And I wear, and I wear those 80% of the time. So, yeah, it's, it's black but, or black and tan is yeah. his, his color scheme. So you can imagine yeah. I get excited when he wears something a little Nobody bit Nobody laughs at Steve Jobs. They laugh at me. What's up with that? You know? Okay. So he's had a little bit more influence. No big deal. All right. So, uh, yeah, very. Yeah, so those are my, those are the, you can find more about uh, the 80-20 rule at simplelifetogether.com slash Pareto. And really the big, the big takeaway from uh, old Vilfredo there is use the Pareto pr- principle to determine key actions that have the most results in your life, your most important 20% of efforts, habits, possessions, etc., and to learn where you can pare down what you do, have, and use. So use these tools individually and together to simplify your life. I love it. Awesome. Yes. Thank you, dead guys. Thank you to the dead guys. Yes. <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> now I think it's time for the thing segment. The thing segment. Yay. So my thing, um, I had something totally different. Yesterday I was like, I know my thing's going to be. And then this morning I'm looking at my Google Reader and I opened up a Michael Hyatt blog post and I was like, I was in tears. I that, started, uh, the there video. was a video yep. uh, that he, that was forwarded to him and he reposted it, I guess. Right. Type thing. And uh, he kind of did a little summary of it, but, um, but I clicked on the video and I was just overwhelmed because it was ju- just, it moved me and it touched me. And basically, um, the title of his, the post was the gift of today lessons from a monk. So that's two monks today's in today's show. <laughs> that's, yeah, I guess so. You got Occam. <laughs> that's right. You know, Occam. from and where was he from again? From, he was from Occam. Yeah. What a coincidence. No, but, uh, <laughs> Occam from Occam. That's but, right. uh, yeah. there I go again. Yes. Way to go, Vanessa. Yes. He invented go. the famous Occam Sockam robots from back in the day. Now, he, uh, <laughs> his name was William of Occam. All right, we may have to I'm pause so here. Glad. I'm yeah. so glad I knew that little. Yes. Because if I think about this video, I'm going to cry because it was so awesome. So yeah. I really knew that little humor break that was there. A, that was a great video. Anyway, uh, but basically what this monk had said, is, says, you think this is just another day in your life. It's not just another day. It's the one day that is given to you today. It's the only gift that you have right now. And the only appropriate response is gratefulness. And so that was a quote from him. And then this video ensues and he's talking, he's narrating throughout the video, but it's capturing these beautiful images of humans and civilization and the world. And it was just, it really touched me. And basically what he's, I guess the, the ideas are is that, you know, that you should notice the gifts that are around you the the miracles of the world and nature and science and civilization and, and 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 human connection and that the message is that you should open your heart to receive them yeah. and express your gratitude for them and that maybe you should bless someone else 
and let your gratefulness overflow to others, like a smile, a touch, your presence, a thank you or a laugh. And I can't do that video justice. I highly recommend. We'll put it in the show notes, yeah, of we'll course. Put it in there. Uh, but it was just it touched me so much because a lot of times I feel that I can just look outside and just be in awe of what we as a civilization have have achieved and created and made. And the fact that even we're here right now, you know, recording a podcast is just amazing. And that's going to hopefully reach, you know, a bunch of listeners and whatnot. Um, I look at my daughter and I'm just so overwhelmed with joy that all I can do is just hug her and tell her I love her and smile. And I'm in that moment and just full of gratefulness. Anyway, I really encourage everybody to check out this video. It's amazing. So what's your thing? Well, I'll get into that in a second, but you know, uh, Yesterday was a big day in our home because um, uh, our, our son Matthew got his braces off. Oh, that's right. And so talk about grateful. He was all smiles after that, wasn't he? Oh, of course. And, yeah. Uh, it was one of those one of those days where he couldn't even wait to get to school. And then he had Boy Scouts at night. So, you know, he got to show everybody. He got to smile and, and show off his teeth. We celebrated great. with chicken wings. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm definitely, definitely grateful. And grateful that that uh, he's happy and yeah. has a great smile. So, but it's amazing. I mean, really, just think about today and just be grateful for even just the little yeah. things. I'm sure yeah. the dentist is also grateful for my check every <laughs> visit. Sure. So, yeah. But, oh yeah. Yeah. So all right. So my thing. Yeah. This is from a live guy. All right. It's not. Oh. A, yeah. It's from a live guy <laughs> who's also pretty smart. You don't have to be dead to be smart. So uh, I'm actually going to read something. But uh, yeah, this is from a live guy named Seth Godin, and uh, it's the reason this really hit me. I had a different thing for my thing too. Oh, did you? Yeah, and then uh, and then I saw this blog post, and it and it totally it, it totally uh, fit into what we said in the last show. And I'm like, Seth, you're stealing my stuff again, dude. You know? <laughs> and uh, he's a fellow guy from Buffalo. I guess we could call him Seth of Buffalo. And um, <laughs> and. Uh, so uh, anyway, I'm going to I'm going to read it and then we'll actually talk about it. And the other thing is it's got a French word in it. So not only do I get to quote dead guys in this show, this is the second podcast where I get to use a French word. Oh. People don't really realize this, but I'm actually fluent in this word now because I looked it up and and uh, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm even pronouncing it the right way. So the, his post is called The Decline of Fascination and the Rise in Ennui. Ennui? Ennui, yeah, uh-huh. which I guess is uh, like listlessness or the opposite of excitement, boredom, whatever. So anyway, it starts. It goes like this. I'll try to make it quick. A generation ago, a clever idea could run and run. We talked about the space food sticks and Tang and Gilligan's Island and the Batmobile for years, even though there certainly wasn't a lot of depth there. Hit movies and books stayed on the bestseller list for months or even years. Today, an internet video or an investment philosophy or a political movement might last for weeks or even a few days. It's not unusual for a movie or a book or even a TV series to come and go before most people notice it. Neophilia has fundamentally changed the culture. The result is that there's an increase in desire, almost a panic, for something new. Yesterday was a million years ago and tomorrow is already here. The rush for new continues to increase and it is now surpassing our ability to satisfy it. Oh, when that need can't be filled, which is not surprising if you think about it, then we're inclined to declare that it's the end. The end of new ideas, the end of progress, the end of everything that's interesting. Spend a week or two watching TED videos, and once you catch up, you might find yourself saying, sure, but what's new now? 
If you're in the business of making a new thing, this churn may be an opportunity because it's easier now than ever to send a hit up the pop charts, whatever sort of pop you make. But it comes at a price, which is that it won't last and you'll quickly have to go back and make another one. The real opportunity, I think, is in trying to build longer arcs. Now that the cycle of new is eating itself in a race to ever faster, there's a bigger chance to make long-term change by consistently focusing on what works and what's important, not what's new and merely shiny. What's important, what's always important, is useful change. So wow. doesn't that fit? It fits in just like we were talking about in the last podcast. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. It's so true, though. Yeah. It's so true. You're like, okay, so what's the next, you know, these... The TV shows or the products that come out. I mean, we were just, like you said, we were just talking about that. And it's, and it's, it's sad to think that it's, that, you know, what we have right now isn't going to be good enough for you. Right. Wow. I like that thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. It's a very good thing to think about, to ponder. Yeah. So what are we going to do about it? We're just, I mean, I know you've, am I right in thinking that, you know, lately you're like, yeah, that shiny and new looks cool, but honestly... This is working just fine. Yeah, this you, I, like your iPad that that got damaged, you could have upgraded to a new one. Could have up, it could have got the new iPhone, but I don't, I just don't see the need. Is you're as, like, uh, no, I'm good. It's fun. It's yeah, it's filling all my needs right now. It's right, satisfying everything I need to get done. Right, so it's an interesting way of looking at things. Yeah, I may make a new rule or theory or something. You know, put some of these that got like roll them into one or something someday. I don't know. Why not? Everybody else is doing it. Come uh, maybe. On. Uh, <laughs> Maybe make uh, the Pareto Parkinson disposable razor instead of Occam, you know. And uh, but you know, maybe I'll make a rule that I'll be remembered for when I'm when I'm pushing up daisies. But um, maybe that'll be my new thing. I'll leave something new. Well, all right. Well, don't but, do it too soon. All right. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> okay, so that's it for episode four of Simple Life Together. Today we talked about benefits to organizing and having less and some weird-sounding simplicity tools that might just help you out. We hope something we said today inspires you to start simplifying your life and that you'll join us on the journey toward a simpler life in the modern world. It's our pleasure to be able to share some ideas and experiences we've had along the way, and we'd love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast and give us a good review on iTunes. You can find an iTunes link to the show on simplelifetogether.com, and that's also where we'll post our show notes and blog posts related to the show. We'll also have links to our Twitter and Google Plus profiles and other contact info there, too. If you know somebody else who might enjoy the journey, too, please pass it on. We'd love some feedback, so be sure to leave comments below the show notes, or if you have access to a computer with a microphone, you can go to simplelifetogether.com, and on the right-hand side of the page, you'll see a little microphone icon with the words, Send Voicemail. Click on that, record us a message, comment, or question, and we'll talk about it on a future episode. Feel free to plug your show or your site in your message, and we'll help you get the word out. Of course, you can always just send us an email, too. You'll find email links on the website in the sidebar. Either way, we look forward to hearing yeah, from you. absolutely do. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your... Simple Life Together. <laughs>